Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. How are you guys doing today? All right, very good. We're excited that you're here. So I have a question for you guys. How many of y'all grew up hearing this? This house better not be dirty when I get back. Where that, where y'all, can I get, all right. See, this generation, see, y'all lucky, man. Listen, how many of y'all had a, had, had a parent that was like, when I get home, all this better be cleaned up, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? And then you wait until 10 minutes before they're supposed to get there and do the hurry clean. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all had that closet you were praying mom did not open when she got home? Because that's where you threw everything. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just like, just throw it in there, right? How many of y'all grew up uh, doing chores? Where are mature people at? See, uh, I, you know, uh, where, the dishwashers, you know what I'm saying? Like, our parents didn't need to buy a dishwasher. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's funny because our parents tell us, like, we didn't need a TV remote. We were the TV remote, okay? So, uh, but uh, dishwashers, doing the laundry, vacuuming, mopping. Right? You know what I'm talking like, where, where, I'm going. One more time, y'all did chores growing up. We're the, mowing the grass, weed eating, all that stuff, right? Doing chores, I was uh, recently at the store. <laughs> um, there was a kid and his mom, and I was just, you know, I like to people watch, you know, so I was, I was just people watching in this moment. I even like to drive and watch. The problem is I have really dark windows on my truck, but then I ride with people that don't, and I forget that. So I'm just, like, gazing out the window at people like, man, that's crazy. And they're looking at me like, that's, that dude is crazy. Anyway, so um, grew up doing chores, and I saw this young man and his mom, and so they were, she said, uh, he said, Mom, can I have this thing? And he was holding up something. And she was like, I don't know. You know, he was like, well, can, I, can I have this? And, uh, and so she was talking to him. He said, what do I get if I do chores? That's what I said. <laughs> right? And then she was like, well, I'll get you something if you do chores. And I was like, well, you know what my parents told me if we did chores? We get to live here tomorrow. You know what I'm talking about? Like, so... Now, I know some of y'all may not understand that completely, but <laughs> some of the kids are like, y'all are like, man, I need my $20 for doing chores. It's like, man, we just didn't, like, we had 20 watts of electricity if we did chores. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So, but nonetheless, uh, today I want to talk to you guys about Church on Fire because I, I want to connect you to something. Now, I, we said this last week, and today is your first day with us. I want to let you know this series, we are talking to believers a little bit. We're talking to Christians, and we are, in fact, talking to people that are, that are from TC a little bit more than we usually do. But I do believe that if you'll grab a hold of this truth, no matter where you're, what church you go to, no matter what church you connect to, hopefully it's TC, but if you're here and, and maybe TC doesn't become for you, if you'll take this message and apply it, it works everywhere, okay? And so I want to talk about this idea because the, the, the being part of the fire spreading, we're in the Church on Fire series, and being part of the fire spreading, when I say fire, I don't mean literal fire, I'm talking about it's a metaphor, being part of watching what God is doing spread into other people's lives, spread into other places, right? Being part of that takes more than watching it burn, it takes keeping it burning. And I want to ask you that, did you know that you have a role to play? You. Look at your neighbor and say you. All right, I didn't, you did not sound confident. Look, look at your neighbor one time and say you. 
those of you that are watching online, look at your dog and say you, okay? So look at the Starbucks barista. You're sitting there right now. Just blowing at him and say you and say nothing else. That'd be hilarious. All right, so, but uh, did you know that you have a role to play in keeping the fire burning? You do. I'm talking to you. Now, you may think like, oh, he's talking to the person next to me. No, no, no. I'm talking to you. You have a role in keeping the fire burning. You see, many of us have come to TC. Now, some of you, maybe this is new. Many of us have come to TC. We fell in love with this house. We've fallen in love with the culture, with the people, with the environment even. Like, we're looking around like, man, I, I love what is going on here. But what we fail to realize or we can fail to realize is what makes TC what it is, is people being part of it and connecting their part to the house. And I want to explain this a little bit because my goal today is to help show you that your goal should not be to be a consumer, but to be a contributor to what God is doing. And I want to help you with that today. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to spend a decent amount of time there. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and go there with us. If not, it'll be on the screen. It's also in the notes. You should have gotten on the way in the door. But 1 Corinthians 12, and he says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. Say gifts. But the same spirit, talking about God's spirit, is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can, say those three words with me, help each other. So what God is actually doing is he's given us all something so that we can be part of making a difference in people's lives. He's gifted you and me so that we can be part of making a difference. I was, <clears throat> I told you guys this last week, I've been watching Survivor with my wife. And so again, she said, I want to watch all of Survivor, not like, not all of one season, all of Survivor. I said, man, that's crazy. Uh, how many seasons are there? I was thinking like six or seven. She said 40. I was like, 40? Man, I love my wife, y'all. So, uh, but here's what, here's what I learned uh, about as we're watching this. I'm going to reference this a couple times today. But starting the fire isn't about having a lot of the right stuff, but doing the right things with the right stuff. You see, sometimes we think that fire, literal making a fire, means if you just, you just got to have all the right stuff. But how many know you can have all the right stuff, but if you don't know how to light it, you know how to light it. Some of y'all like city folks. You know what I mean? Like if you had to survive in the wilderness right now, you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know. They said something about rubbing sticks together. I don't know. This is crazy. I need a target. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so, but how many guys know that it's not just about having the right stuff. It's about knowing how to do the right things with the right stuff. And so you got to have the kindling and the small wood and the large wood and the logs and keep it going. But hear me in the church, if you're going to keep the fire burning in the church, it's not just about having all of the right people in the church. It's about having the right people that are doing the right things in the church. And so it's about getting people moving with their gifts. Because if we have a bunch of gifts in the house, but nobody's using them, then we don't have a lot of gifts in the house. The same way a log does no good to the fire when it's sitting beside it and not on it. And God's desire for you, just like we read in 1 Corinthians 12, is that you, look at your neighbor one more time, say you. Online person, look at the Starbucks person again, say you. That you would get moving. Because sitting beside the fire is not the same thing as being in it. And I want to encourage you with that today. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 18 through 21. 
And Paul says this, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part where he wants it. But how strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. So the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And what he's saying here is if we were all a bunch of hands, we wouldn't see what we were doing. And if we were all a bunch of feet, we wouldn't be able to do anything with our hands. And what what Paul is trying to communicate here is as we're a body, we all have a different function. And when we're functioning together, we're accomplishing great things. But if all we're doing is complaining about what we're not, we never get to be who we are. And so what God is saying is he wants to mobilize who we are. And so here's a question I have for you. What's the difference between a flicker and a flame? If you're making fire, what's the difference between a flicker and a flame? The answer would be whether or not it's getting fanned. Whether or not it's getting fanned is the difference. If you've ever seen someone making a fire and they got a little flicker in there, if they don't fan it, if they don't blow on it, it's going to die a flicker. But if we want to see some, this thing that God is doing grow, that means we're going to have to do a few things. And that's what I want to talk to you about today because God is challenging us. You see, too many of us are satisfied with a flicker of Jesus. See, some of us have just enough Jesus to not want all of him. So like we're good, like we're good with Sunday Jesus, but not really interested in Monday through Saturday Jesus. Like some of us, we're, we're interested with the Jesus that helps us in our finances and gives us peace. We're just not interested to the Jesus that talks to us about our relationships and our anger problem. Okay, now we're here. Okay, so <laughs> like we, we, we have just enough of him to not want all of him. <clears throat> or... Too many of us are satisfied with what we've received from Jesus, but don't recognize that the response to what we've received is actually to give ourselves to the mission of what God is calling us to. See, some of us are content with the grace and the gifts, but we don't realize that the grace and the gifts should mobilize us to do big things. And so what God is actually calling us to do, and my prayer today is that all of you would hear me, that God is actually calling you to be more than a consumer, but to be a contributor. That we actually have a role to play in this. And God is challenging us to prepare for what is coming. Say what is coming. I believe that this church is being set up for God to do some amazing things where we are. He placed us here and I believe he's about to do something beyond what we can even comprehend. But here's what he's going to accomplish. He wants to accomplish the purpose of God. Which is to reach the people of God. And this is only possible with the presence of God. He wants to accomplish the purpose of God, which is to reach the people of God. And this is only possible with the presence of God. And that's where I want to pick up. So how do we keep the flame burning? Look at your neighbor and say, how do we keep the flame burning? So how do we keep it burning? All right. So listen, here, this is, I want to give these answers to you. The first way that we keep it burning when we're talking about presence and people and purpose is flame, uh, fanning the flame will always require you to give it breath. Fanning the flame will always require you to give it breath. Breath. And what I mean by breath isn't just like, yo, brother, you need a tic-tac breath. Okay, that's not just what I'm talking about. Like, here's an Altoid, save yourself. Okay, that's not just what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about the breath of God is a representation of the spirit of God. And so if, if we're going to have the breath of God, we actually, we need the spirit of God moving in this house. Hear me, Jesus is not something that used to exist. The presence of God still exists. So being educated on what the Bible says, but not experiencing the power that's in it brings us nowhere. 
And so we actually want to experience the breath of God and keeping the fire burning, keeping alive what God is doing, letting it thrive is going to be part of realizing that we have a part to play in making sure that the presence of God is moving in our house. Job 33, 4 says it like this. The spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. He's saying the breath of God gives me life. Genesis 2, 7 says this, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So here's the question that I have for you. Where does the presence of God show up? Where does the presence of God show up? And here's my answer. The presence of God always shows up where he aims to make change. Where people's lives need to be impacted, where change needs to be impacted, where people need to be impacted, where, where people need to be brought to life uh, eternally, where, where people need to be transformed, where God is doing or where God always shows up where there's something to be put on display. God always shows up where people need to be impacted. God always shows up where people need hope and they need peace and they need joy. God always shows up where it seems hopeless in situations. God always shows up where people are looking for him and he has an opportunity to create change. And so God comes on the scene in Acts chapter 2. We looked at it last week, right? In the upper room, people were consumed by the law, and they were consumed by the idea that God is a person to be known, but uh, not to be experienced. And so what happens? The Spirit of God shows up in Acts 2, and they experience him. Exodus chapter 3, if you know your Bible, Moses comes in contact with the burning bush. And if you don't know what's happening there, Israel is in captivity. And Moses is about to be sent to them to set them free. And as a matter of fact, I want to go there with you. Exodus 3, 1 through 3, it says this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. All right, so Moses was in Israel, or was, I'm sorry, was in Egypt, leaves Egypt to running for his life. And God is about to send him back to Egypt to set God's people free. All right, so you with me? So he's tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. So the bush is just burning. Moses saw that though, that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses is looking, sees a bush burning, but the burning bush isn't burning. Does that make sense? It's burning, but it's not going away. It's on fire, but it's not being consumed. It's just steadily burning, right? Because when God shows up, he's getting ready to do something. Listen, turn to your neighbor and say, he's getting ready to do something. Like when God shows up, he's getting ready to do something. God is in this house today and he's getting ready to do something. And he always shows up when he's getting ready to do something. This is the part that I thought was crazy. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. Now listen, I got to tell y'all a little story because I, I thought this was interesting. You know how, so where are my people that like, you see something crazy and you're like, man, that's wild. Let me go the other direction. Where y'all at? Where y'all, okay. Where are the, let me go investigate people at? Are y'all in here? Let me go, man, that's crazy. Let me see what's going on. All right, so I was going to make a race joke, but I'm going to leave that alone. Okay, so, but we were downtown one time. We were eating, uh, me, Justin, a number of us, we were all eating downtown and, uh, and we hear this loud bang, didn't know what it was. Uh, some of us thought we knew what it was, but nonetheless, Cops start driving by, and uh, all of a sudden, we're eating outside uh, downtown on Palafox, and the cops show up, guns drawn on this guy outside of a bar. Like, I'm talking about, get on the ground. So, me being me, I was already 40 feet down the street. Y'all know what I'm talking about? In stride. Like, nope, not today. Like, I'm... (laughs) 
And everybody else at the table was like, this is crazy. What's going on over there? I was gone, y'all. Like I was, and my wife looks at me and she was like, you were just going to leave me here? I said, listen, honey, we've been married a long time. If you don't know to run when I run, I don't know what to do for you. Okay, so like, like how many, you see people running, they're running this way. You're like, man, that's crazy. I don't even, I don't even know why we're running, but I'm going too, you know, like, some of y'all are like, what's going on over there, Tim? You know, like, hey, Chris, what do you think? No, listen, no, I'm gone. I'm going this way, okay? I don't need any reason to run other than everybody else is running, okay? But not Moses. That's crazy. Look at that bush. Let me go see what's popping. Okay, so Moses walks over there. He's, he's looking at the bush, and the bush is just burning. And the, in, through the bush, God speaks to Moses, and he sends him to set his people free. And hear me, when God shows up, he's always about to do something. He's always about to do something in people's lives. You see, the quote that you have in your notes, God always shows up when it's about people being set free. God always shows up when it's about people being set free. God is always doing a work. God is always doing something. God is always showing up. When it's about people's lives being changed, God is showing up. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says it like this. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That means God is always at work. And just to give you a window into what's happening at Transformation Church right now, and this is, yes, I am bragging about our church because I love our church. We're not the only good church in our city. We're just one of them. But man, since January 1st of this year, we've had 94 first-time guests walk through the door. Come on, somebody. That's crazy. Like crazy. We've had... We've had 23 people's eternity transform from hell to heaven and give their life to Jesus. That's amazing. And after next week, we'll have over 15 people baptized in the faith of Jesus Christ. Come on, guys. Let's give it up. That's amazing. And maybe more. If you want to get registered today, you can get registered today. Okay, so like we'll, we'll make it 20 if you want. So but the reason I'm saying that, God is doing some crazy stuff. And I want you guys to understand, as God is doing amazing things, he's calling us to be part of it. But the thing is, if fanning the flame will always require the breath of God. It will always require us to breathe on it. It will always require the presence of God to show up. And God is showing up. My question to you is, if God is showing up and doing something, are you doing something to be part of it? Or are you just there? Because God wants you to be part of it. He wants you engaging. Uh, the next thing I want you to understand is that fanning the flame will always require you to nurture it. Fanning the flame will always require you to nurture it. Turn to your neighbor and say nurture. And I literally mean to tend to it, to work on it, to care for it, to encourage its growth and development. The, 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 the fanning the flame will always require us to make sure that we're paying attention to what God is doing so that we can be part of what God is doing. Going back to 1 Corinthians 12, let's go there, verses 23 through 27. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. You see, some of us have counted ourselves out because we can't preach. Well, I'm not a preacher, so I don't have anything to do. No, 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 that's not what he's talking about. Just because I am a mouthpiece and you are a hand doesn't mean you don't have a role to play. We need you doing what God called you to do. So he says, the least important are actually the most necessary, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. How many of you guys ever jammed your pinky toe before? That'll make you want to say something, won't it? 
Especially, like, especially if you do it like there's a kid standing there. You're like, <laughs> Now, how many of y'all think about your pinky toe on a daily basis? If you do, you need Jesus. I don't know. It's crazy. But how many of you, none of us think about our pinky toe on a daily basis, do we? But you think about that bad boy once you jammed it, don't you? Hear me, for some of us, we feel like spiritual pinky toes. We feel like we're irrelevant. We don't think, we don't think people need us. We don't think God is thinking about us. We think we're just going to sit on the edge of the row and just, sorry if you're on the edge of the row. I'm not talking to you specifically, but we're just going to sit where we sit, and I'm going to come in. I'm going to sit one service. I'm going to clap. I'm going to give. I'm going to sing. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to leave. And I'm here to tell you that don't disqualify yourself because you're a pinky toe because how many guys know that you start paying attention to how much you use it when it's broken? And I'm here to tell you, God actually wants to use every single person regardless of how you may feel that you don't matter. God actually has a gift in you he wants you to use. So the parts you regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. I don't put shoes on my hands, but I put shoes on my feet. Why? Protect, yeah, protect the pinky toe and all the other toes and the feet, right? Hear me, we have work to do and we need every part of the body to do it. But here's the beautiful part. We don't have to do this. We get to do, do this. And so it's important that we understand God has called you to something. And why wouldn't you want to be part of what God has called you to, to do more? This makes for harmony, going back to the scriptures, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members, what does it say? Care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. That means God has called you to be moving and doing and that's kind of brings us to this place of like uh, of what I think needs to be talked about and addressed which is this idea of consumeristic Christianity which is the Christianity where we consume everything that the church has and everything that God is doing but we never become part of what the church has and part of what God is doing and God has actually called you to be part of it not just a consumer of it God has actually called you to be mobile in it, to have a role to play in it, not to just be one that consumes it. See, in a consumeristic mentality of church, we make the experience all about what I'm here to receive, and we disconnect from what I'm actually here to do. God has actually called us to be part of it, to serve, to give our lives. Man, the gospel saved us, and we should give our lives to helping other people experience that, both at the gas stations, but also in the house. You have a gift. God's asking you to use it. But in a community, it goes from what I'm getting to what I'm giving. Hear me. When we're in a community where we're contributing, it goes from what I'm getting to what I'm giving. It stops being only about what I can receive, but it is matched by what I can provide. Turn to your neighbor and say provide. Look at him and say give. See, God is looking for you to give. And I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking, today I'm actually talking about your gifts. What is it God put inside of you that he wants to use? You see, one thing we need to change in the American church is we need to change looking for a church that meets all my needs and start looking for a church where I can meet people's needs. We need to become active in our faith more. It should drive us to be participators and not just consumers. It shouldn't be something we observe God doing. We should be part of what God is doing. 
And so we should actually be mobilizing. So we should be looking to be part of the place, part of the community, where giving and receiving gifts builds a house where I am both the feeder and the fed, right? I'm the giver and the receiver. I'm the consumer and the contributor. And there's different ways that that unpacks. But I'm here to tell you that God wants you to do it. That's why here at CC we have four steps. We have the four-step journey that we want every person to go on at Transformation Church. We want people to know God. Before you do anything, we want you to know who God is. We want you to know him personally. We want you to find freedom. Because how many guys know you can know God but still be dealing with a lot of junk from the past? And we want to move you towards freedom in Christ because I believe he has that for us. But then we want people to discover their purpose, discover their gifts, discover why God made you. And he actually made you to do something, not just be at something. Because then he wants you to use that gift to make a difference in people's lives. And here's what I think. I think a lot of us as Christians, we love number one, we pursue number two, but we never make it to number three and four. And I'm here today to tell you that God's plan for your life from Exodus to Revelation constantly. We see it in Exodus a lot. We see it in Ephesians a lot that God actually wants this for you. So he wants you to become mobile in your faith. He wants you doing something. That's why I'm inviting you right now. I am officially inviting you, every single one of you. Look at your neighbor and say you. All right, look at that. He's talking to you right now. Okay, so I am. Even though I can't see all you in your face, but I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm inviting you to next steps, officially. And it's after every service. It will be after this service. We're kicking off next steps. It takes two weeks. And here's what happens. In the first week, we connect you to our church. This is who we are. This is what we believe. This is why our church is amazing. We want you to be a part of it. That's where you can officially become a member, for those of you that have come from that church background. And step two, it's all about you, your gifts, identifying what God is doing in you and how you get to be a part of using that gift exactly how we're talking about today. Because you have a gift, you have a part to play, and God wants to use you. Because here's the deal, he wants to use you because people are coming. I'm, I'm here to tell you, people are coming. How many of you guys love your church? If you're from TC, how many of you guys love your church, right? So, <laughs> thank you. All right, very good. So, but here's the deal. What you love about your church is only possible because people serve at your church. And so if you're not serving at the church, it's not possible for us to grow with more people. Because what the people are doing are serving you. So they're serving you. But if at some point you don't start serving people, we can't handle more people because you're not serving the people the way people are serving you. So God actually wants you to get moving because you have a gift. Listen to me. Maybe it's kids. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have a gift to be around kids, and when you talk, and when, you, when you're with kids, like joy just dwells up in your heart. Now, maybe that's not you. And if you don't have that gift, don't go. Okay, I'm just here to tell you right now. Lydia, my girl, she's our TC kids coach. She's amazing. Come on. Every time she's with them kids, I'm like, she is one of those kids. That's crazy. Uh, but... Like, she has, like, Rugrat shirts and stuff, and she just, like, she loves, she just loves, she, but when she walks in the room, man, you can tell that her gift is alive in her because she's standing there. But you know what? Uh, you know who may not have that gift? My boys, Ryan and Adam, that were up here leading worship. But when they were using their gift up here today, how many of y'all were encouraged by these two brothers that were, in addition to the team, but, like, these two guys, man, here's the thing, you have something that when you use it, it makes the same impact in people the way they, using their gift, impacted you. So I'm asking you to use it. And next steps is the process by how you get there. So join us.
That's my invitation to you. If you're here today and you've already gone through next steps, you're on the dream team, you're just not doing anything, brother, sister, let's get moving because we've got work to do and we've got people to reach. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says this. Because some people have said to me before, they're like, but Pastor Brad, listen, I don't, you know, I'm, not like, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a staff member. I want to be abundantly clear about something while we're here. Uh, myself, Justin, raise your hand. Is John in here? John on the back row and Pastor Dan. Raise your hand, Pastor Dan. All right. We're the only four people that get paid to be here. The church runs, including online, the church runs about 650 people. We have four staff members. Everything else you see that happens on campus happens by volunteers. It happens through dream teamers. That's incredible. Okay. So a lot of people say, well, Pastor Brad, you know, I'm like, I don't get, you know, like, I don't get paid, you know, like, it's, a, it's a work, you know what I mean? Let's say, no, 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 this is not work. We don't have to do this. We So just so we're clear, we get to do this. This isn't, this is an honor where we get to do what God has called us to do. But hear me, there's no greater joy than doing it. And my invitation to you is to become part of it. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers and what God gave us, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, to do everything in the church so that no one else had to do anything. Is that what it says? No. To equip who? You. The saints for ministry. God never called us as pastors to do everything. He called us as pastors to equip all of us, all of you, to do what God called you to do. And in America, we've distorted the, the way the church is supposed to be built. We think that the church is supposed to be built on a person standing here doing everything. That's not how God built the church. As a matter of fact, thriving churches are the ones where the people in the church are doing what God wants them to do in the church. And my invitation to you is become part of it. Because hear me, Lydia, she loves those kids. Ryan and Adam and the whole team that's up here, they love leading worship. Charity and the team out there, they just love people in general, okay? Like, so they're the greeters and the connect team, and it's just like they've never met a stranger, and they just love people for no reason. You know, like, you know how some of us, we need a reason to love somebody? Like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just love people just, like, hey, you're breathing. Like, I love you. You know what I mean? So, like, so Whatever your gift set is, hear me, God wants to use it to reach people. Because how many of you guys never needed a song, you just needed a hug? That's a gift that needs to be used. And hear me, God wants you to use it. A church on fire is not one that is built on the backs of consumers, but on the backs of contributors. God wants you to do somewhere. He wants you to participate. A church on fire is not full of archaeologists. We're artists and architects. I'm going to say that again. A church on fire isn't about digging up dead things. It's about building new things. One more time, because I see some of you starting to get it now. Archaeologists dig up dead things. We're not archaeologists. We don't dig up dead things. God is calling us to build new things to design what God is bringing. We're going to design systems. We're going to design teams. We're going to build. And hear me, we're going to love people so well. We're going to introduce people to Jesus as much as possible. And we're going to love them. Listen, I'm telling you right now, God is calling us to build and to increase and to design and to create. Why? Because he's got people that need to meet him. And they're just looking for a church with people in it real enough to show them. And so I'm here to tell you, I'm inviting you to become part of not just sitting at church, but 
being the church. I told you about watching Survivor, so me and my wife like watching Survivor. And so uh, we were watching an episode not too long ago, just uh, about a week ago. And as we were watching it, one of the things that I noticed is how non-contributors to the camp. So if you don't know the story of Survivor, they break up into like two camps. And, and so they compete and then, then one person wins a million dollars. Okay, that's the short version of it. And so as they're competing, what I realized, and they vote each other off as the season goes on. Now, we don't vote people off here at TC, okay? All right, but anyway, so we don't vote people off here at TC. But one of the things that I noticed is that non-contributors to the camp do eventually find themselves isolated from the tribe. And for some of us, we've gone through journeys of Christianity where we felt alone. Well, hear me, non-contributors constantly find themselves alone. It's easy to feel like you're isolated when you never got connected to being part of what the tribe was doing. And so we want to get you connected to what the tribe is doing. Listen, we're going. I love you all dearly, but we're going with or without you. I just want you to know there's joy and hope and peace and fulfillment missing from your life if you're not going with us. Now keep coming, whether you join the dream team or not, whether you you go through next steps or not, keep coming. But I'm going to tell you, for some of you, you're about to find the most fulfillment and joy you've ever found in your life because you're about to get connected to the tribe. And right after this service, you can go straight down the hallway and our team will take you through next steps and get you started today. Some of you are like, this is my first Sunday. Well, guess what? You can get started today. Some of you are like, I don't even live here. Guess what? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so <laughs> you can get started today. Next service. I'm just kidding. So, but hear me, I want you to understand something because this is important. For some of you, you've come to TC and you've gone through a season of sitting by the fire somebody else built. So you're going through a season where the team, the dream team, the worship team, the connect team, everybody, they've built a fire and you've got to enjoy the warmth of it because you've been sitting close to it. But I'm inviting you to be part of the fire building, not just the warmth of the fire somebody else built. Because God wants you to get moving with the gifts that you have. I don't know, Brad, that's a lot. Because here at TC, we worship one and we serve one. So we worship in one service, just like right now, people sitting here. We worship in music. We worship in giving. We listen to the message. We, like, we do the whole thing. And then one service, all the dream team that's in here, they're going to go somewhere and serve after this service. And the people that are serving are going to come in here and be part of the next service. That's, a, that's why we have two services. So no one has to miss a service while they're serving. But here's the beautiful part. Some people say, like, I don't know, man, that's a lot. Worshiping one, serving one. How do you think we got like this? How do you think we got a healthy culture? How do you think these people that you're looking around and you're seeing, they love Jesus? How, many, how do you think we got like this? Listen, the church you're falling in love with, it is the church because you love the people that are doing many of the things that some of you have said you can't do. But you can. Your past doesn't disqualify you and God has a mission for you. By saying, I don't know if I want to serve, You're essentially saying, I want to take from it, but I don't want to add to it. And hear me, that's not the gospel. That's not what Jesus came for. And so my invitation to you, man, let's add to it. Because uh, lastly, the third thing, fanning the flame will always require you to feed it. Fanning the flame will always require you to feed it. So we give it breath, we nurture it, and we feed it. And how do we do that? Every person you work with, every person you meet on the street, your neighbors that you've avoided for three years, successfully, mind you, last year made it easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't talking to nobody, so whatever. (laughs) 
Someone knock on the door. You're talking through the door. Nope, don't want none. Come back later when there's no cars. Okay, so, but I'm here to tell you today that we feed the fire and how we feed the fire is this right here. Uh, the first off, by using the source, resources we have available to, to, to invite people. So two things that are out there in the lobby right now you can take. Easter invite cards and the random act of kindness cards. Grab some invites, invite some people, and let's keep feeding this fire as we nurture this fire. Luke 14, 21 through 24, we hear the story about the great banquet. I want to give this to you quickly. God says, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room for more people. Then the master told his servant, I want you to go out into the highways and the hedges and compel every person you come in contact with to come in so that my house will be full. Listen, what God's doing in you has got to be so compelling that you're ready to give it to somebody else so God can do it in them. Let's invite some people, register for a service for Easter, bring some people, let's see God start doing some amazing things. So here's a question I have for you. Are you ready to help fan the flame? Because it's time to take the next steps in your life using the gifts that God gave you to accomplish what God made you for. It's time that we get moving. So let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you're doing something amazing in our lives. We thank you that you're doing something amazing in our church. So God, as you start this process of encouraging and moving and pulling and drawing, God, I pray right now for the people who are gonna go to next steps after this service. God, you're telling them right now, you're prompting their heart. You know what? It's time that I start moving in my faith. It's time that I stop sitting still. They're gonna walk down the hall. They're gonna go to the next steps room. You're gonna get them connected, God. I thank you for their life. I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you that you're drawing them. Continue, God, to pull on their hearts and show them there is purpose in their life. God, for those of us you've already got us here, God, I pray that you continue to grow what TC is having, Father, not so that we can be known, not so that our name can be praised, but that you would be high and lifted up because we want to see you put in your rightful place, God. We thank you for who you are and we love you today. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today and you're saying, Brad, listen, before I can even get plugged in or before I can even go to next steps, I got to be honest with you, I don't know God. I know about God, but I got to be real with you. I don't know him. He's not the Lord of my life and I have not put my faith in him to have my sins forgiven and and taken on a new journey, but I want to and I'm ready. And if you're watching online or you're in the room today and you're saying, that's me, I'm ready. Here's what I wanna invite you to do. The, The Bible says that if we would confess our sins and repent, we would repent of our sins, which means to turn away from them. We would put our faith in Jesus that when we put our faith in him, We're saying, Jesus, you paid for my sins and now I'm giving you my life. And so today, if you're ready to take that step to be forgiven of your sins and to pursue Jesus, then I'm here to tell you, he's ready to meet you right where you're at. And so I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church is gonna pray it with you because we're declaring that some of you are taking a next step and that's your new life in Jesus Christ today. So pray with me, church, as we pray for those that are gonna pray this for the first time. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. You paid for my sins. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I will 
give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.